This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Tales from the Break Room is a horror podcast about scary work stories. Stories are written and sent to us by listeners. If you have an allegedly true and scary story relating to work and want to hear it narrated, share it with us at eeriecast.com submit. Welcome to Dead and Roasted. What can I get you? It just won't stop raining, will it? You know, I usually love the rain, but when you've got to deal with customers with varying amounts of hair and sometimes even fur, the place begins to take on a certain smell. Believe me, you don't want a coffee shop to be boggy and musky. Well, luckily I won't have to deal with that for another half hour, because it's my break time, and we both know what that means new and allegedly true work-related horror stories that I've heard around the grapevine. This time I've got three stories all dealing with haunted workplaces. So have your two weeks notice ready to go just in case. These are tales from the break room. And for the love of Java, y'all better start sending me more stories about horrifying people encounters. I think these ghosts are starting to haunt the place. Mr. M's Ghost Buddies From Shiro I used to work for this company, however, because of the pandemic, I was let go. It was a relatively known company, so I won't name it here. However, I will mention that the US branch is the smallest branch. Due to the lack of staff, most of the workers had to fulfill a bunch of different roles and perform different tasks. For me, not only did I have my normal office work, I would also need to work in the warehouse. I didn't mind this, as it's relatively light carrying and packing. It was better than dealing with angry phone calls or pointless meetings. When I started working there, I always got the odd feeling that I was being watched whenever I was working in the office. It was a much stronger feeling when I would be doing the packing in the warehouse. I would often turn around and see nobody there or things that I was just using would often be in a different spot than I left them. I am a pretty forgetful and clumsy person, so I just chalked it up to me forgetting where I put my things. One day during the summer, I was doing the normal packing for the month, when I got the feeling of being watched again. I turned around, and this time I saw a little boy staring at me from behind some boxes. I clearly remember him having some sort of a bowl cut, and big eyes just staring at me for a few seconds before moving back behind the boxes. I thought it was weird a kid would be there, but I figured our landlord, who was right next door to our office, brought his son with him to work that day. 
I walked to the back of the warehouse where I saw the kid, but I found nothing. As dumb as this sounds, I figured he gave me the slip and just went back to work. Later on that day, I saw my landlord walking around outside. I asked him if he brought his son over today. You guessed it, he hadn't. I shrugged it off and figured I just needed a break. A few weeks later, we were closing up the office and my manager was locking up. I'd forgotten my lunch bag on the second floor break room, so I ran up to get it. After I took it out of the refrigerator, I heard a groaning and I felt a strong sense of anger behind me. I turned around and I saw a figure of what looked to be a woman. Her arms were straight down and her hands were in tight fists. She groaned angrily as if I was not supposed to be there. I bolted out of the room as fast as I could. My manager asked me what was wrong, joking that she knew I wanted to go home but I didn't have to run that fast. I said I'd seen a ghost, so I'd run out of the room as fast as I could. My other coworker there said I was lying, but my manager stopped him. She admitted that the office supposedly was haunted, but only relatively recently. When we asked her what she meant by that, she said one of our former presidents, let's call him Mr. M, had seemingly brought back some ghosts with him during his last business trip to Mexico. Mr. M was a very fun individual, often caught partying and living life to its fullest, despite being a middle-aged Japanese man. I've met him a few times prior to being hired, and he was always full of smiles. It actually wouldn't surprise me if on one of his business trips to Mexico, he partied a little too hard and did something he wasn't supposed to that caused these spirits to follow him back. Although I said he was our former president, nothing bad happened to him. His visa simply expired, and he had to go back to Japan. I asked my manager what kind of ghosts did he bring back. She told me it was a little boy and a woman. My eyes went wide. I confessed that I'd seen both of them. She just casually shrugged and said, yeah, it happens. After that, I had a few run-ins with both of the spirits. The boy was harmless, often just watching me work, like a child watching his parent working. The woman never really got any friendlier, and when I felt her presence, I simply stopped what I was doing and walked out of the room. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, I was let go, so I never got the chance to say goodbye to them. However, to this day, I still wonder what Mr. M did that caused him to have two ghosts follow him back to our office. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, 
June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more light-hearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Previous Owner From Stay0227 My husband and I moved to a small town in Georgia. We purchased a building that we were planning to use as a body shop. The building was in bad shape. It needed to have the roof redone. The windows, electric wiring, and doors needed replaced too. Much more work needed done, but it was still usable. We'd used all our savings to purchase the building, and we were new in town, so we didn't have many customers, as people in small towns don't just trust strangers easily and right away. My husband would go really early in the mornings to do some work to the building since we couldn't really afford to hire anyone. He would go early to try to work on the building himself from about 5 to 8, then work on the few customers we had during the day. The weird things in the building started small. He would tell me that he would hear some noises around the building, but didn't think too much of it. Sometimes he would leave tools in one place and he'd find them somewhere else. One time he was working late on one of his personal vehicles. He would buy a car or two sometimes and fix it up and resell it. All of a sudden, the headlights from a vehicle turned on. At this point, he was kind of tired, so he just got the heck out. He closed up and left. Now, I would often go with him to help out, with whatever was needed. On that day, I was alone sweeping and cleaning around, when all of a sudden, the toilet seat slammed loudly. I ran to check the bathroom. The toilet seat was up and no one was in there. I was alone. This scared me so much I stayed outside until my husband came back. I know you might think it was no big deal, but the place itself was pretty spooky and dark. You would always feel watched or someone behind you. We talked to people that had known the previous owner, and we were told that not many people lasted in this place. We also found out that the original owner that built the place was a body shop man like my husband. The guy had a pilot's license and died when he crashed his personal plane. The last two incidents made us finally do something about it. One night, my husband was working late again. He was under a car when a wrench was thrown at him. It landed inches near his arm. He lost it, telling the entity to stop or come out and confront him face to face. He got so angry and started yelling at whatever or whoever threw the wrench but everything remained quiet. He turned off the lights and locked up and went home. All of these things happened often, things being misplaced, cars' headlights coming on by themselves, seeing shadows or hearing noises. 
it all became almost routine. The final major event that happened that finally pushed us over the edge was the one time when I was again alone. We had some people break in once, so we decided to keep a dog to guard the place. We had him tied up during the day and let him loose during the night. Now you need to know the shop is pretty big. At one side there's a cement slab with a grate in the center. That's where we washed cars after they've been painted. We had a car ready and my husband had gone down to buy wax. I was about to go wash the car before he got back. Then the dog caught my attention because he was staring at something. Whatever it was, he was trying to get to it. He repeatedly and insistently pulled on his leash. When that didn't work, he began barking his head off. I ignored him, telling him to shush. Since I didn't see anything weird, I just figured it was a mouse or a frog, since the frogs would get in through the grate. I stepped in front of the car and was about to turn the water on when I saw a black something that was at the corner where the dog was barking at. This black something looked like dark smoke. It came out of the corner, stretched, and started moving towards me for a moment. I moved back because for some reason I thought it was a snake, since it was long and black and moving like a snake towards me. After I jumped back, this smoke thing moved into the grate. This scared me bad enough I started to shake. So I turned the water on and just aimed it towards the grate on the floor. My husband came in and I explained what had happened. That day we decided to go to a botanica a botanica, a place where you can find candles, herbs, charms, and other things for spiritual purposes. We asked a santero what we could do. A santero is a sort of priest. We explained the things that were going on. He said we could talk to the spirit and cleanse the whole building with white sage. He also gave us some mixture he prepared for us, telling us to sprinkle it all around the body shop. The following day after closing for the day, before we went home, we sprinkled the mixture and we turned off all the lights, save for one. We sat on the floor and just stared, talking. It went something like this. My husband said, Look, this is no longer your place. I bought it and look at it. It needs repairs and I'm doing just that. If you built this place, do you really want it to fall down? It's being put to work again and it's again a body shop. I don't want you to leave if you want to stay, you're welcome. Just don't throw things and don't scare us. I just want to make a life for myself and my family. When he finished, I said something too. We're going to cleanse this place to have any bad energies out of it. But you're welcome to stay. I want you to stay so you can see this place be as it used to be. After that, we proceeded to burn the sage we'd gotten. It may be hard to believe, but the next day felt better. It felt lighter. All the strange noises had stopped. We would see a shadow once in a while, but nothing sudden. After that, things did get better. Business got better too. We redid the roof and electric, and the place is almost as it was. On one occasion, my husband had to repair a car, but for some reason it wasn't going well. Parts weren't fitting right. He was frustrated and irritated, so he closed the shop and he went home. That night he had a dream where someone told him exactly what to do to make the parts fit right. The next morning he got to the shop and did what he dreamed about. Just like that everything fit just as it should. It's happened again too. Whenever he has a problem and can't find the solution, he asks out loud 
and sometimes ideas or dreams just come. I have a feeling that he's getting help from the previous owner, so I'm guessing he's finally warming up to us. Ice Cream, more like I Scream, from Eden. My very first job was at a local ice cream and water ice store. Even though it's been more than 10 years, I'll never forget that job. I think I'd just turned 15 years old when I started. It was a seasonal job for the late spring and summer, which was perfect because I was in high school and tended to be busy in the fall doing theater productions. The place was a small ice cream shop located in a plaza with a local grocery store. It was the kind of ice cream shop where you would walk up to the window to order. There was no inside area for customers, just a few wooden benches outside the window to sit and eat your frozen treats. Since it was a small place, there weren't many employees. When I was hired, there was myself, three other girls about my age, a manager who was a little older than me, and the owner. The first summer I worked there, it was mainly myself and the owner there alone. Usually, I worked the opening shift 11am to 4pm. The owner at the time was a guy in his early to mid-30s. He usually stayed in the office, meaning it was just me up front with the customers. I had no problem with this. I would bring a boombox, yes, a boombox. It was the early 2000s after all. And I would play my favorite Broadway CDs or Disney classics to sing along to between customers. Honestly, I enjoyed working there and I didn't notice anything weird about my workplace. That is, until I worked my first closing shift. It was midsummer, and one of the girls who usually worked the night shift had called out of work on a Saturday. We were usually quite busy on a Saturday night, as the plaza was located directly across from a skate park that was the popular teen hangout in the small town. Really, you either hung out at the skate park or in the parking lot of the plaza. Anyway, they were expecting a big crowd, so of course I was called in for the 4pm to 10pm shift. Instead of being there with the owner, I would be there with the manager. We'll call her Sarah. Sarah was maybe two years older than me. I'd seen her around the store from time to time, but I'd never worked directly with her. Truthfully, I was a little nervous, because I found it was hard for me to get along with other girls. Plus, I had just moved to this town earlier in the year after growing up in a big city, and I didn't have many friends. I quickly realized I had nothing to worry about. Sarah was so cool. That's literally the only way I could describe her. She had a nose ring, which wasn't popular back then, a bunch of ear piercings, brown hair with bright red tips, and even a tattoo. We bonded pretty quickly within the first hour or two of the shift. She told me about wanting to go to college for criminology and talked about her fascination with serial killers and true crime. Before long, the shop was pretty crowded, as most Saturdays were. However, as it got darker, the customers dwindled. The small town had a curfew for teenagers. They couldn't be out in the streets or parks past 10pm. So oftentimes, they would leave early to go hang out at someone's house, or something like that. The ice cream shop closed at 9pm, and that gave the closing crew an hour to clean and lock up. Having never worked a closing shift before, at some point during the shift, Sarah gave me a rundown of what we needed to do to get out on time. When we closed, I went to the back to retrieve the broom so that I could start to sweep. Now, the inside of the store was set up like this. First, there was the storefront, 
with the horizontal freezers that contain the tubs of water ice, the soft-serve ice cream machines, milkshake blenders, soft pretzel display, topping display, and windows for customers to order from. Secondly was the back area, where we had the walk-in freezer, large fridge, pretzel oven, microwave, and water ice making machines. There was a glass side door there that led to the outside. And thirdly, we had the back hallways, two hallways that connected to the back area. One led to the small bathroom and the office, and the other led to the back door that went outside to where the dumpsters were. The one that led to the back door is where all the brooms, mops, and cleaning supplies were kept. That's where I went. The brooms were hanging on the wall by these tight clips you had to undo to get them down. As I made my way down the hallway, I watched as one of the brooms slowly unclipped itself. It was now in the air in front of me, and it stayed there for a few seconds before finally falling to the ground. The handle lay closest to me. I had watched it happen with wide eyes. I didn't even know what to do. It took me a minute, but I grabbed the broom and booked it to the storefront. Sarah was there putting lids on the tubs of water ice. She noticed that I was out of breath. You all right? She asked. I, the broom, it, I panted. It unclipped itself. Sarah finished my sentence. We stared at each other making eye contact for a few seconds. Look, she sighed. This kind of thing happens a lot here during the night shift. I can tell you more about it, but we should finish cleaning first. All I could do was nod. We sped through the cleaning. I'd always been good at cleaning during the day, and this was not really all that different. At the end of cleaning, we gathered all the trash bags and put them in the hallway near the back door. Then we turned off all the lights. The last thing that needed to be done was count up the registers. That was something I didn't have any experience with, so Sarah invited me into the back office with her so that I could see how it was done. Sarah sat at the wooden desk in a black computer chair, and I sat on a metal folding chair in the corner of the office. I couldn't help but glance up at the screens on the upper part of the desk that showed the camera feed. One camera was on the storefront, and the other two were in the back area pointed down both hallways. It wasn't great quality, but I could see Sarah and I inside the office door on the camera because the light was on. She laid the trays from the register out in front of herself, then she opened the big black safe next to the desk. As she started counting up the trays, she let out a deep breath. All right, she said. I assume you still want to know about what goes on here. I gulped, but nodded. Sarah bit her lip for a second. She peeked outside of the office, then slowly closed the door, locking it with the simple doorknob lock. A few years ago, this was a different ice cream shop, she began to say in a quiet voice. You wouldn't have known that since you're new in town, but it was owned by an older man and lady who had a son. The son worked as a manager here, and when he was 21, his parents found him in this very office. He had put a gun inside his mouth and pulled the trigger. He killed himself right here in this office. I felt my heart racing in my chest. So what you're saying is that the ice cream shop is haunted by that guy. Sarah slowly nodded. Usually he tries to help, like when the brooms come flying off the walls, but sometimes he likes to pull pranks on us. What do you mean by pranks? I asked. Well, Sarah started but then stopped. She was staring at the camera screens, eyes wide. I looked up and my eyes got wide as well. The camera, which pointed down the other hallway, 
was capturing a dark, shadowy figure of a man, which was illuminated by the red exit sign above the back door. Like that, Sarah said. That's the door we have to go out later. When I blinked, the figure was gone. Before I could really process what was happening, there was a loud knock on the office door. Sarah and I were both startled and yelped. The doorknob began to twist and turn, but it was locked so it wasn't going to open. I'm trying to count the registers, Sarah said. We're almost done. The doorknob stopped twisting. It must be getting closer to ten, she said quietly to me. Sarah quickly began to count the register trays again. As soon as she got them counted, she shoved the money in the safe and closed it. Come on, let's try to get out quick, she said. What'll we do if he's out there? I asked. He won't be, you know, probably. She flung open the office door. I clung to her arm as we made our way over to the side door. Sarah made sure it was locked. Then we went to the trash bags on the floor. We both grabbed as many as we could. We did not want to have to make a second trip. Then we booked it down the hallway and ran out the back door. I dropped the bags when I got outside and sunk down to the pavement. I glanced around, realizing we were in the back alley behind the plaza. There was a big green dumpster in front of me. Never had I been so glad to be in a creepy back alleyway. I let out a sigh of relief. Sorry, he's usually not so active. It must be because you're new, Sarah said, placing the trash bags one by one in the dumpster. To be honest, this had not been the first experience I'd ever had with a ghost. The house I'd grown up in, in the city, was old and it was haunted. But since moving to this small town, I'd finally got some peace. A break from any ghosts until now. I never really expected to see something like that at the ice cream shop I worked at. As the summer went on, I worked only a few other night shifts with Sarah. Most of them were relatively quiet, just small things here and there, like brooms unclipping or mop buckets rolling around. Eventually, fall came around and the ice cream shop closed for the season. By the time the next summer had come around, I was already invited back to the ice cream shop. That summer, I was going to be made a manager. Sarah chose not to return. She wanted that summer to herself before college. She had been accepted to a really good school in Washington, D.C. to study criminology. So, I would take over the position. This meant I'd be working the night shift a lot more. To be honest, at first, it wasn't that bad. A close friend of mine, who we'll call Marie, started working at the ice cream shop too. Most night shifts, it was me and her. Now, there were some times I'd be asked to work double shifts, both opening and closing the store. Yeah, I was a miner working way more hours than I should have, but it was a small ice cream shop and no one cared in the early 2000s. One day I'd been at the ice cream shop all day. It had been raining the whole afternoon. Rain means slow business for an ice cream shop. Usually only one girl would work all day and night when it rains. Since I was the manager now, I was that girl. Begrudgingly, I called Marie on the corded landline phone and told her she didn't need to come in that night. After giving her the night off, I plugged in my boombox and got to work. Believe it or not, I had a lot of responsibilities as a manager, even though I was young. One of my many tasks was to take care of the ice buildup on the insides of the horizontal freezers. 
Once a week, I'd have to remove the tubs of water ice and use a metal scraper to remove all the ice that built up on the inner walls of the freezer. I had begun to scrape the freezer when I heard a noise in the back. I sighed. I didn't want to investigate, but I knew it would be better if I did, so I put the metal scraper down and walked into the back area. I could already see that the broom was lying on the floor in the hallway near the back door. I picked up the broom. Yeah, I know, I said out loud. I'm gonna sweep, but I have to finish the freezer. I took the broom up front with me. I placed it, leaning against the ice cream machine, and bent over the horizontal freezer again. I stopped and stared. On the wall of the freezer, there was a large handprint, way too big to be my hand. As I stared at it, the boombox began skipping. I blinked quickly. Grabbing the scraper, I scraped away the handprint. Then I went to the back and I slapped the boombox, trying to get it to stop skipping. But it wouldn't stop, so I had to unplug it. I tried not to think about it or say anything about it, as the rain picked up and was now loudly hitting the roof of the ice cream store. But I had decided I would be calling Marie again. I took out my cell phone, I think it was one of those early androids with the touchscreen, and I called Marie. Luckily, she agreed to come in, even after I had given her the night off. She lived close by and walked over as soon as she could. I was so grateful for her company. Now that she could watch the storefront, I could complete most of my management responsibilities. The rest of the evening was quiet. Honestly, a little too quiet, considering what had happened earlier. When it came time to close up shop, we went about doing the closing tasks. Marie lifted a tub of extra water ice to put it in the walk-in freezer, then went into the back as I began to clean the ice cream machine. About 10 minutes went by, and I realized I hadn't seen Marie in a bit. I went into the back to check on her. I couldn't find her in the bathroom, the office, or in the other hallway near the cleaning supplies. Marie? I called loudly. As soon as I said her name, there was a pounding on the walk-in freezer door. I rushed over and opened it. Marie practically fell out of the freezer. She said, Sorry, I, I didn't know the freezer locked. She was shivering. I must have looked freaked out, because she started to look freaked out. What? She asked me. The freezer does lock, I started, but it locks from the inside. I stepped inside the freezer and showed her how it locked from the inside. I believe this was so, if the ice cream store was robbed, you could take shelter in the freezer and lock it from the inside. I don't know for sure, but that's what I always assumed. I, I swear though, Marie told me. I couldn't open the door. I really couldn't. I believe you, I assured her. Then I sighed. This kind of thing happens a lot here during the night shift. I can tell you more about it, but we should finish cleaning first. I quoted Sarah exactly. Since I was the manager now, the responsibility of explaining the history of the ice cream shop had fallen upon me. I ended up working for that ice cream shop for a total of six summers as a manager. Today, that ice cream shop is a different business completely. When I still lived in that area, I would always pass by and wonder if he was still there. Tales from the Break Room is a viewer-submitted podcast featuring allegedly true scary stories that happened on the way to, on the way from, or at work. If you want your story to be narrated on the show, send it to us at eeriecast.com submit. 
As of April 14th, we're paying three cents per word for stories that are approved and make it onto the show. Submission does not guarantee approval or payment. For a limited time only, PayPal only. Tales from the Break Room is an eerie cast network original podcast hosted by Darkness Prevails. You can follow him on Twitter at Dark Prevails, and you can hear thousands more stories read by him on our other show, Unexplained Encounters. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and rate Tales from the Break Room on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also enjoy plenty more horror-themed podcasts at eeriecast.com. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.